we, we have a wonderful opportunity today. What's going to happen here this morning is something that I am so excited to do. I am privileged to share my microphone with a, uh, a few of our ministers in the house today. So in just a few moments, Reverend Jerry Harrison, Pastor Roberto Ortega, Pastor Olga Becker, and at the end of this service, the newly ordained Reverend Pastor Vidi Ortega will be ministering the Word of God as well. Amen. Come on, somebody. This is a season of celebration. A celebration. Amen. <laughs> you better give her love now because you're about to preach. Amen. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. And, and I want to, I just want to share this with you. Thank you, worship team. I want to share this with you. You can return to your seats before Reverend Jerry comes. Rev, I'm most excited about this as we talk this morning because every minister that will stand here today was under both my father's ministry and a part of my grandparents' lives. Okay? Uh, if you never got to meet Reverend G.E., my grandfather, or Reverend Joanne, my grandmother, um, just the most amazing people. I, I don't really know how to, to explain them other than there's just nobody like them. Um, they were unique in every sense of the word. They were, they were extremely generous, uh, generous, extremely gracious, uh, extremely selfless, uh, extremely about the kingdom of God. And I'm so thankful to know that that spirit that was on my grandmother is still alive in this land today. Amen. And, and as you hear Ms. Vitti minister, you might, you might, if you knew Grandma, you might catch a little, little hint uh, of Grandma on her life. And this is the joy of being able to stand on the shoulders of giants, those who have paved the way for us, those who, have, who worked diligently, were faithful to the calling of God on their life. And as Pastor Bethel said earlier, the reason I'm able to do what I do is because someone else did it first. And so I'm very grateful for my grandparents and grateful today that their legacy continues on with another fellow minister that's going to continue this word, this gospel of Jesus Christ to be preached across this, this great nation, but we're still believing for revival in this land. Amen. Amen. 2023, we called it our goat year. We're calling this year our growth year, okay? There's some growing up, some of you need to do, okay? We believe that God is ready to stretch us and grow us. So if you are ready for growth, even if it hurts this year, I want you to put your hands together, give God praise as Reverend Jerry comes to deliver the word. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and said, thank God for his blessings. All right. The psalmist David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you glad you're in God's house this morning? Because when you're in God's house, you're in God's house to get delivered from the power of the enemy, to draw strength from the word of God, and let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you into all truth. Amen. And I'm going to try not to preach. I'm going to try to teach this morning. If you bear with me, amen. <laughs> Growth. How many like to grow in the Lord? 
and in the power of his might. When I think of growth, someone once said, if you are alive, you're going to grow. Death begins where growth ends. There are some Christians that I call comatose Christians. They do nothing. They feel nothing. They act like nothing. And when you try to get them to do something, they just lay there and don't do anything. If you try to pinch them, they don't move. When the Holy Spirit tries to pinch them, they don't move. They're dead, amen? But if we don't be careful, we're going to fall into that category. And that's why we have to have communication with God. How many likes to communicate with the Lord, amen? When I look at growth, I look at increase. How many of you wants to increase in every area of your life? 1 Corinthians 3.6 says, Paul said, I have planted, Apollos watereth, but God gives the increase or the growth. Amen? Increase my faith, God. Increase my joy. Increase my finances. Increase my walk with God. Increase my life that I can be a representative of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's the word of God that will stand throughout all eternity. Amen? And how do I do that? Number one, I communicate with the Father. When God was in the beginning of time with Adam and Eve, he'd had fellowship with Adam and Eve, and he came down and he communicated in fellowship with Adam. And God still wants that fellowship today, amen? God loves our fellowship and our communication. Psalms 91.1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my strength and my shelter. My God and Him will I serve. Amen. You need to communicate with the Word. Amen. And let the Word communicate with you. You need to communicate with God. Amen. God loves our fellowship and our communication. The Bible says you have not because you what? Ask of me concerning things that come, and I will give them to you, says the Lord. God has great and mighty things in store for each and every one of you and us this morning. But are you going to receive them? That's the secret. So number one, communicate with the Father. Number two, if you want growth in your life, you have to communicate with the word. I always said you got to live until you die. Why not live right? You got to believe in something. Why not believe the truth? You got to go somewhere when you die. Why not go to heaven? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. We know that Jesus is the word. But how does the word talk to us? Through the word of God. Amen. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and it was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Some of you, if you don't have any joy, you better be careful. You might not be in the Word. Let the Word get in you, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength, and you'll go forward and find all the powers of the enemy. Amen? I'm trying. <laughs> Joshua 1, 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But thou, 
must, must meditate in it day and night, and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then shall you make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. If you want to be excess in this life, a success in this life, amen, get into the word of God and let it speak to you, amen. How many loves the word? I thank God for that we've been doing this Bible study starting at the new year. And I, I hear a lot of great reports through the Bible study when I, when, when I see people in the, the app of, of the knowledge that God has given them and opening up to them, amen. There's great things in the Word of God that if you just read it nonchalantly, you won't get. But if you study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, God will open up insights into your life and show you things that you never knew possible. And you'll be a good success with God. Amen? My number third point is if you want to grow, you need to communicate with the Holy Spirit. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. When Jesus was going away, he turned to his disciples. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. He will testify of me and he will teach you all things and give you wisdom and knowledge. And he will give you power over all the power of the enemy. How many knows the devil does not like you? Why? Because you represent Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. That's why we have to have the Holy Spirit to get power over all the power of the enemy. The devil's a liar. Sickness is a liar. Disease is a liar. Amen. All the things that are against God is a liar. But Jesus is still the truth. Amen. It's important to have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Because it's your presence that will lead us and guide us. If, amen, into all truth, for his word is truth. Amen. And my last point, number four. We need to communicate with one another. Amen. I'll say that again. We need to communicate with one another. No man or woman is an island unto themselves. We need each other. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some do. But we need each other because when we're with to my fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord, we can learn from each other. We can grow from each other. And we can move and do great things together as a body of believers. Not only in the house of God. But outside of the house of God, we need fellowship one with another so we can win souls for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about. Jesus said, go ye therefore into all the world and preach my gospel that people will be saved and come unto me. That's what communicating with, amen, the Holy Spirit is in Oh, God, help me, Lord. We need to be in God's house. I said we need to be in God's house. 
Because when we're in God's house, God has a special word for just each and every one of us. When we're in God's house, God will bring deliverance. He will bring victory. He will bring joy. He will bring righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So as I wrap this up, I did pretty good. <laughs> I'm not trying to preach, but teach a little bit. Number one, we need to communicate with God. Number two, we need to communicate with the Word. Number three, we need to communicate with the Holy Spirit. And number th four, we need to communicate with one another. Because we draw strength from one another. Amen. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap and praise His name. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of the triumph. Amen. Amen. He loves our praises. He loves our praises. Amen. Hallelujah. Give it up for Reverend Jerry. Wow. Brother Jerry can preach, man. You know, and I, and I know that uh, many of you have probably have not heard him preach, but, you know, he is a, a wealth of knowledge. He has the word hidden in his heart. Amen. So, uh, you know, as Pastor Jamin was saying, right, it's like, you know, hopefully you, you get to hear a little bit of different people. And when I'm here, Reverend Jerry, it's like I can hear a little bit of grandpa that just like the word, the word, the word. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you want to grow in 2024? How many of you? One, two, three, four, five. So if you want to grow, look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, do you want to grow in 24? Now look at your second option on the other side and say, well, then you got to do more. You know, you got to grow. And the truth of the matter is, is that if in 2024 we're going to grow, we got to do more. We, there's something else that the Lord is asking us to do, right? We have all heard the definition of insanity that says that insanity is doing what? The same thing over and over again and expecting what? Same results? No. Different results, right? So for some reason, we think that if we do the same thing, we're going to get different results. And that is the true definition of insanity. But you know what? I believe that if in 2024, it's going to be a year of growth, something needs to change. Something needs to click into our spirits, into our hearts. At some point, the wisdom of God has to, you know, a knowledge of the word and everything else has to click and it has to turn into revelation in order for us to start experiencing growth. Because if we don't do that, it's just going to be another year where we spend our time on that spiritual treadmill where there is movement, where there is activity, where there is energy being spent, but there is no forward movement. We are not moving, we are not going anywhere, and we are stuck. And we're going to end up with another year where we end up being stagnant. Not only stagnant, but what, guess what? We're going to be frustrated. Frustrated. So we can grow with the same level of activity that we had in previous years, or maybe the, the same level of activity that we had in 2023. Albert Einstein once said, 
the significant problems that we face cannot be solved with the same level of thinking that we were at when we created them. I'm, I'm going to say that again, you know, because I know what brother uh, 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 Derek's going to say. Say it again. Where's he at? He didn't say it. All right. There you go. There you go. I was waiting for that. I'm going to say it again at um, uh, um, brother Derek's request here. The significant problems that we face cannot be solved with the same level of thinking that we were at when we created them. You know, you know what this speaks of? And this is point number two. It, it speaks that we have to increase. Uh, we got to grow in our mental capacity, right? Because the same way of thinking that got us into trouble is not going to be the same way of thinking that's going to get us out of trouble. That way of thinking is not going to create growth. That way of thinking is going to keep us stuck in the same position, in the same spot. And what I sense the Lord telling us is that in order to grow in 2024, we need to change our way of thinking. We need to change. We need to increase our mental capacity. This is to say that we need to elevate our minds, right? We need to go into a higher place. Or as Paul puts it in Ephesians 4.23, to be made anew in the attitude of our minds, to be made new in the attitude of our minds. And in the same passage, Paul talks about that we got to put on our new selves. So if we're going to grow, if we're going to be different, we have to increase our capacity, mental capacity. We got to get to a higher level than what we've been. And the level that we've been at our earthly level, our old way of thinking, is just simply not enough if we're going to grow in 2024. Amen? So how do we become new in the attitude of our minds? How do we increase our mental capacity? Because what I'm talking about here is, is that we got to go from thinking the way that you think and go and start thinking the way that God thinks, the perspective that God has for everything in every situation. Everything that we face, we got to look at it from a different lens. I was just having a conversation with one of my children, and I, and I was telling them that I, the way that I have grown up is, is that I have always looked the other way as it comes to discrimination. Have people treated me different because of my ethnicity? Have people treated me different because I'm Mexican, because I'm an immigrant, because I have an accent? Probably, but I choose not to see that because I choose to focus not on their problems. I choose to focus on what I need to do to move forward, to move ahead. So that's what I'm talking about is, is that when you start looking at things from the perspective of God, you are elevating your mentality, right? And now you can change things around. So how do you do that? Number one, by the renewal of your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it says, and then you will be able to test and approve God, what God's perfect will is. That means that now you have the wisdom to know whether the thing that you're doing is correct or not. Because it says that you'll be able to tell God's will, right? And that's ultimately what we want. We don't want our will, do we? We, got, we want God's will because the, our level of thinking is going to keep us stuck in that same level of problems. So we got to go higher. Everybody say, let's go higher. Amen, amen. So then it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect 
will. Amen. So if you want, if you want to uh, renew your mind, if you want to increase your mental capacity, then you also got to focus on positive and godly thoughts. Right? Philippians 4, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. So we just got to think in different things. And these are all the things that are going to help you increase your mental capacity. Wisdom and understanding, right? We got to get wisdom and understanding just from watching YouTube or maybe uh, going into chat GPT. No, you got to get wisdom and understanding from one place. The word of God, amen? The word of God. Proverbs 4.7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs all, uh, it costs all you have, get understanding. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Mental capacity increases as you get wisdom and understanding. You increase your mental capacity by one more thing. Seeking God's guidance. You know, we, we, we don't get guidance when we have a problem and we jump on social media asking people what we ought to do, what we got to think and, and stuff. And we just get deeper into a hole. But yet, if we seek God's guidance, man, we're in the right path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and not lean on your 365 Facebook friends or your own understanding. <laughs> And in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Amen. So you increase by seeking guidance from the Lord. You also increase your mental capacity by this, by casting down negative thoughts. Those thoughts that tell you that you are not good enough, those thoughts that tell you that you're going to be stuck in the same place, those thoughts that keep you, tell you that you are always making the same mistakes over and over and over again, those are the same thoughts that will keep you captive. But instead, the Word tells us that we ought to take those thoughts captives, right? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself, what? Against the knowledge of the Word of God. Bringing every thought captive under the obedience of Christ. So instead of allowing those thoughts to keep us captives, we are called, we are called to take those thoughts and keep them captives ourselves. Amen? Hallelujah. And the last thing that you can do to increase your mental capacity is this. Having a mindset of gratitude. Right? Having a mindset of gratitude that says, God, everything that I have is yours. It might not be much. But it's yours, Lord. Thank you. And I thank you for that. Because if we don't have that, we're going to have that, that spirit of comparison where we're always comparing ourselves with somebody else and what we have never been enough. And then we just keep getting stuck deeper and deeper into that hole. But 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8, 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Just when I got a paycheck? No. Just when I got my taxes back? No. Just when I, when I got a bonus? No. It says that in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if you want to increase your level of thinking, 
got to apply those things. Amen. I'll say them to you really quickly. You got to renew your mind. You got to focus on positive and godly thoughts. You got to get wisdom and understanding. You got to seek God's guidance. You got to cast down those negative thoughts. And always, always having a mindset of attitude. Because remember this, the significant problems we face cannot be solved with the same level of thinking that we were at when we created them. So that means that we got to go higher. That we got to go higher. And we can only go higher by seeking the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That was so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm taking these nuggets home. Are you guys writing this down? Are you guys having a good time in the house of God this today? The first Sunday of the year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm so excited to be before you, to worship you on this first Sunday of the year. It's such a blessing to stand before you and to stand along these mighty men and women of God. Um, we're talking about growing. We're growing in 2024. And I don't know about you, but we're on our way. We're, we're on our way. You are in the house of God on the first Sunday of the year. You're already winning. You're already winning. Yep. And this morning, I just want to quickly talk about growing in our maturity, in our spiritual maturity. You know, wherever you're at in your walk with God, there's room to grow, right? That's the goal. The goal is to go higher and higher in God, to get to know him more. So this year, I believe in 2024, we are growing in our spiritual maturity. And I want to read with, we're going to read together Ephesians 4. And we're going to start a little, a little um, earlier in Ephesians 4 than Pastor Bethel. Verse 11, let's just read this together. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, that's us, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and, important word there, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, very important here. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people, of people in their deceitful scheming. No longer be infants, key words there. Verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, from him the whole body joined and together, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And we're talking about the body of Christ here. In 2024, I believe God is calling Impact Church to grow in our spiritual maturity and to become, to fully become who God has called us to be. Not only just us as individuals, but even as a collective body, as a church, we're to be mature in the body, to come to know the fullness of Christ. Not only as a person, but as a whole, as a whole. Paul's talking about as a whole community, and I, and I love that because to me that, that just it screams uh, team sports to me. We're in a team sport here together. We're one body, and the goal is to be mature. Our goal as Christ followers should be as one whose character, disposition, words, actions emulates the character of Jesus himself. 
Our goal should be to emulate Jesus himself in our actions, in our words, in our reactions, emulating Jesus. In Ephesians 5, uh, 1 through 2, Paul calls on the church to be imitators of God, living out Christ's love. Our goal is to imitate God and live out that love, to show that love of Christ. Why? And if we go back to verse 14 in Ephesians that we can no longer be infants tossed back and forth. When struggles come, when um, issues come, when the problems come, we will be stable. We won't be tossed back and forth because we're mature in who we are in Christ and we know who God is and who God's called us to be. So we won't be tossed back and forth. So when that, that scary doctor's report comes or when there's financial problems or when we lose our job, we're not tossed back and forth. Our first result isn't to be uh, depression or to turn to substance abuse or to turn to... Um, people or things to try to help us because we know who we are in Christ. And in 2024, we are called to be that firm, strong, mature person in Christ. Amen? And especially in this day and age, in verse 14, if we go back to verse 14, and it talks about, so you won't be blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunningness and craftiness of people. Especially in this day and age where there are so many teachings, so many trends, so many people taking up mantras and banners and unbiblical creeds and attitudes. For example, the follow your heart and the be true to yourselves. You know, they sound good, and I'm sure we've all said that at one point, but it's not biblical. I read a post recently, and this woman was talking about how in 2024 she wanted to be truer to herself. And it just got me thinking, what does that mean, truer to yourself? Um, We live in a day where it's really trendy to self-care takes precedent over spiritual care. You know, why are we taking more care of our skin and our hair and our nails when the inside of us, our spiritual well-being, we're suffering, we're sick on the inside. You know, we're we're, we're lacking, we're empty. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my truth. Um, I'm not interested in my, my truth because my truth on my own, I'm a mess, okay? My truth is I'm a sinner. My truth is I have messed up plenty of times, and on my own, it's not okay. I want to live God's truth because Olga fails, amen? You can search your name. Um, but in Christ, we can overcome our shortcomings. In Christ, we can become everything God's called us to be because the truth is we are who we are, if we think about it, we are who we are and we act the way we act because of circumstances, how we, were, how we were raised, how we grew up, who we're around, who our circle of friends are. Our human reactions and attitudes are because of what we've been through. But God knew us before all that. He knew us before. The Bible tells us he knew us before he formed us. Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And this week, that stood out to me big time. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. He knew us when? Before he formed us in our mother's womb. Before he formed us in in our mother's womb. Before the upbringing. He knew us before our childhood. He knew us before the mistakes. 
He knew us before the abuse. He knew us before the neglect. He knew us before all the mistakes we made. He knew us before the people that abused us and took advantage of us. He knew us before all that. He knew us before the depression. He knew us before the disease, before the sickness. He knew us before the jail time. He knew us before all those mistakes that we made, the divorce. He knew us. He knew the real us. And he set you apart. And he appointed you. He called you. And he deposited greatness inside of you. He put the giftings and the talents in you, in your life. Remember that. Repost that. So do you want to live God's truth or you want to, you want to live your truth or God's truth? Because before we became who we became, whatever, wherever you're at in your life, whatever you're doing right now, he knew you before. The real you, the great you, the talented you, the called you. He knew you. Another trend that I just want to quickly mention is the do you mentality. The do you, I'm going to do you, I'm a, you do you, I'm going to do me. You go ahead and do you. And it's not like wrong because when you think about it, you're kind of giving people permission to be themselves or you're giving people permission to be different, unique. Nothing wrong with that. But are we given permission to stay? Are we, you say, I'm going to do you, wait, I'm going to do me, you're going to do you. Are we keeping us, us, and not letting us grow? Are we using that excuse to stay where we're at? Are we using uh, the, the wanting to be authentic and genuine as an excuse to not grow in our maturity, our spiritual maturity? Because I don't know about you, but I did me. It didn't work out. I did me, and I messed up, okay? When we do us and our mentality, it, it, it doesn't work. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. A lot of times when we do us, we do what feels right in the moment. But that leaves us empty, when that moment passes through, or you say yes to things that keep you distracted from being who God really called you to do. We are told to be imitators of God. When you're busy doing you, you might stay an infant. You stay unstable. The word says being rocked back and forth, tossed back and forth. That to me, it, it, it shows me instability because you're able to be moved. And we're called to be a rock, to be stable, to stand on the rock, Jesus. Amen. When you're busy doing you, you stay an infant. But when you are choosing to follow Jesus, you're being like Jesus. You get to be the real you who God has called you to be. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, when I grew up, I put away childish th things behind me. When you are growing up spiritually, you don't speak your mind. You speak Jesus. You apologize when you're wrong. You bring the peace. You bring change. Your prayers make a difference. When you're growing up spiritually, your faith and your prayer changes outcomes. You speak things into existence. You're speaking with words of faith. The real you is slow to speak and slow to anger. The real you is patient, kind, loving. The real you is forgiving. The real you is like Jesus. Amen? You're consistent. People can count on you. You can be that stable. You know, anybody, you have anybody in your life who is just like, you're like, man, he, that person is consistent. That person is stable. We can be that person. We can be that person to our family and friends. When you are maturing spiritually, you put away childish things. You put away selfishness. You put away pride, pridefulness, aimless passion. You put that away. You put away fear, worry, all the things that, that you would expect children to do. You choose to react like Jesus. You are less like the old you, and you are more like Jesus. Amen? 
And one quick nugget just to throw this before I'm done here. One thing that helps us mature in our thinking in 2024, stop calling yourself by your patterns and your bad habits. Stop calling yourself by your patterns and bad habits. God put so much greatness inside of you. And sometimes we call ourselves by our patterns. We say, I'm not a morning person. Or I'm not a people person. Or I'm not good at this or that. Or I'm not good with money. Stop saying you're a late person. I'm always late. Stop speaking those things over your life. Instead, say something like, well, I'm still learning to be efficient with time. I still don't know how long it takes to accomplish tasks. I'm working on that. You know, you can be a morning person. If it's good and it's of God, then that's already in you. And we need to change our, our ways of thinking, how we speak about ourselves, how we speak about each other. We got to tweak those little things and we're growing because we're growing up in God. Amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's Philippians 4, 13. God will strengthen your mind. He will increase your wisdom and understanding of time, of whatever it is that you need. And stop saying that's not me. Because if it's in God, then it's in you too. Amen. God knew you before he formed you and he appointed you for his purpose. And he did not create a messed up you. He did not make a mistake. He did not like forget. He did not tweak the formula when it came to you or gave one person more of this or more of that. He made you perfect and wonderful for his purpose and his calling. You have an assignment on your life. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, what you've done in life, you know, whether you're in this room and you're eight years old or you're, you know, 60, 70 years old or somewhere in between, you have no kids, 10 kids. God has an assignment for you where you're at, where you're sitting, where you're working. The family that you're in, there's an assignment and a purpose for your life. We can't lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of that. So in 2024, we're going to put the work in. Amen. We're going to put the work in. We're going to read our Bibles. We're going to get to know who God is. Because the more you get to know who your heavenly father is, the more you're going to know who you are. That's the key there. We're going to start living in God's truth. And just close really quick with verse 13. The knowledge of God's son that we will mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In the Greek, the word mature means perfect. We can attain to be like Jesus. He is perfect. Amen. God knew you, and it's our time to come to know him and his son and his word that we can be that mature in the Lord. Amen. 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 I love you. God bless you. I'm excited to see everything that God has for you in 2024 because we are growing together. Now put your hands together and welcome the new Miss Reverend Beauty Ortega. Family, thank you so much. I feel the love. Thank you so much. But first of all, I want to thank pastors. Thank you for the honor and the trust and the privilege to take this role. I appreciate it so much. And I hope I can rise up to it. Um, I want to thank every person that has invested in my life through my journey. I started about 20 years ago 
to walk with the Lord. And like Pastor was saying earlier, we had great founders. They were faithful. God called them. God gave them a vision. And they said, okay, let's go for it. And they lived it out faithfully, with grace, with joy, with love. If you could describe them, they were love. They love God and they love people. And so when Pastor, for a few years, has given me, um, has kind of told me, told me that I, he sees Grandma and me, I, I just see big shoes, like really big shoes to fill, because she was a woman of power. She was a woman that was gracious and a friend, like Pastor has described. She was a friend to any and everybody. From a little child, God gave her the grace for that child to make a connection with her. To the older person that would be over there, quiet, avoiding all people, she came to you, you became a friend. She was beautiful, both of them. And so, thank you. Thank you for putting those big shoes on me. I hope to fill them. <laughs> um, but I thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you and share my heart. Um, when last week, Pastor um, said that the, her word for this year was growth. I was like, ooh, <laughs> if you're a kid and you know those growing years, those bones hurt a little bit. <laughs> but I'm not going to focus on the pain. Um, when, I, when I think of growth... I mean, I have four kids. If I want my kid to grow, I'm going to feed him food. <laughs> so when I think of growth, I think of food. For me, is that was the word. Growth, food, right? I'm a mom of four, as I said. Um, so I'm going to tap in, into that understanding because I'm a mom. So I can say, okay, you want to know how to grow? Let me tell you. <laughs> um, among many goals that I have had in my mind while raising my kids, it, one of them has been height. Can you blame me? Height. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely did not want them to be as short as I am. I wouldn't consider myself tall. Like, how high are you? High? You mean how low I am? You know? Um, but among the priorities... <laughs> It has been a priority. Kids, please grow. Don't be my height. At least be daddy's height. Not my height, please. <laughs> At least not listening. <laughs> anyway, if you're like me, you focus for them to have your children. You want them to have your, their vegetables, their, to have their fruits, to have their proteins, and very minimal sugar. If you talk to my kids, you will know. I control their sugar intake, <laughs> and they will tell you about it. They're like, she's giving me a hard time. One treat a day. <laughs> but I, I try to focus on the right things for them to have, to eat, right? Um, so I, sometimes I bribe them into believing that this is the only way they're going to grow and get healthy and be strong. That's my job. I'm their mom. <laughs> Food. It's essential for growth, right? Does it work like this in the spiritual? What do you guys think? 
Let's look at our forerunner, our Lord Jesus, right? Um, we're going to read Luke, the second chapter, verse 45 through 47. And to give you a little background, um, Jesus and his parents had gone to Jerusalem, and they had gone to uh, celebrate the, the Passover. And on their way home, they're far out. It said two days out walking. Can you imagine? They notice Jesus is not in the group. He's not there. And they're like, oh, I can only imagine as a mom, two days worth of traveling and my kid, I left him behind. You feel bad for five minutes, imagine two days. Anyway, um, so they notice that he's gone and he's only 12 years old. Just a few months older than my youngest, Jedediah. I can't even picture that either. Um, so they go back to Jerusalem, and that's where we pick up. Before I get there, my husband wanted me to know that Jesus got lost because he was scrolling. If you, you know, scrolls, scrolling. Anyway, anyway, verse 45. <laughs> um, when they could not find him, so we pick up, right? Not on that, but they go back and to find Jesus. When they could not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. Finally, after three days, they, could, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished, astonished as his understanding, at his understanding and his answers. Now let's jump to verse 49. After Jesus' parents called Jesus, they're like, what? what? Why do you do this to us, right? Um, verse 49. Why were you looking for me? He asked them. Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? And if we jump to verse 52, it says, And Jesus grew. He was in the temple, but he said, the, the scripture says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. So Jesus grew. Why? He grew two ways. Physically, he grew in wisdom by being in God's house. So Jesus grew. He can relate to us growing what it actually takes. So Jesus did not only eat physical food to grow physically, he was in his, in his father's house to take in the spiritual food too. Now let's see what kind of food Jesus says nourishes and satisfies. Let's go to John 4 chapter. And a little background again, because in case you haven't read your Bible. Um, um, Jesus and his disciples had been traveling, right? They were going to Samaria and they were all hungry. So but Jesus had an appointment with a woman at the well. And so Jesus sends the disciples off, and he's like, you go get food, I'll, I'll be over here. But Jesus is having this time with the Samaritan woman, and Jesus just changes her life pretty much, right? The disciples come back, and they're urging Jesus, 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 here, come on and eat. It probably, they probably were very hungry, so they figured Jesus has got to be really, really hungry. Maybe they snacked on the way bringing back the food. I don't know. So they come back where Jesus was, and they urge him to eat. But Jesus had 
just done an amazing thing in this woman's life. So Jesus tells them, I, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples ask one another, could someone have brought him food? Jesus explained, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus said, this is my food to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Hmm. So is it important to grow? Is it important to have the right food? Let's see what Hebrews 5, and bear with me, because I was worried that somebody was going to take this scripture today. I'm like, I'm going at the end. I'm probably going to preach everybody else's message already. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Um, so Hebrews 5, verse 11. And this is to all of us, I myself included. There's much more we, could we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. This may sound a little hard, to take in specially, right? But again, as a parent, me, and those of you that understand, as a parent, I am continually encouraging, even forcing my kids to eat the right foods. Imagine God. He's urging us because he's raising sons and daughters. He's raising sons and daughters to eternity into the likeness of his son. So yes, he is happy when we are born again. He is happy when we come to the word and look for the things that feel good, sound good, taste good. But then he's looking for us to grow and take the things that are a little harder to take in. He's looking for us to grow in a way that we leave childhood things behind. Because he does not want to take babies to heaven. <laughs> He's looking that by the time that he meets us face to face, he can see Jesus in us. Not you, not me, Jesus. So we are leaving child things behind. How do we do that? Um, anyone who works out in this place, working out, right, exercising, knows that it's not enough to put in the right foot in your body. An active lifestyle puts that food that is coming in into energy. You grow, you become stronger, faster, more effective, and have better quality of life if you do it. Jesus said, my food 
is to do the will of my Father, right? And to finish his work. So we think of God's word as food, right? It is food. But it's not meant to sit in your belly because what happens when you eat, eat, and don't do anything? Holidays, we gain a little weight because <laughs> we are on vacation and we're sitting. We're not using it. The only reason why it sits in you is because you're not using it. The only reason why we can be spiritually not in a good place and not where God wants us to be is because we are taking in God's word continually. Good. But Jesus said, my food is to do the will of my father and to finish his work. So guess what? I hope I'm not being too hard. Um, God wants us to grow. God wants us to take in the right food, but he wants us to be doers of the word because his word is not meant to just sit in a bottle. He's not jarring food in us. He wants an active spiritual life in us. His food makes us grow. Amen? If this is our year of growth, each one of us must understand the will of, of God for our lives. And do it. You understand it? Well, first of all, let's seek understanding like we had it earlier said. But let's do it. Let's do God's word. Our food is to know, to know the will of God and to do his will. Food consumed is, is you and use grows us. So do we want to grow? Okay, let's take in God's food. What was said earlier, every, every message that we heard today, I think is so valuable to our growth this year. So let's take it and let's do it. Amen? All right, well, raise, raise with me or stand up <laughs> with me. I'm like, I'm standing, you standing. Anyway, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to know that this is our growth year. And I'm looking at a group of people that have been called by God, like Pastor Olga said, If Jesus is in you, everything, if you've been born again, everything that pertains to the kingdom is already in you. How? Maybe in, in some moments, it's like a seed still inside of you. And you say, I want to do the right thing, but I haven't been able to do it. Or you may say, I don't know what God wants me to do. But we're starting the year beautifully. It's still not late. We're just beginning. Join the Bible study. Get the scriptures and get yourself in God's word. If you still don't know God's will, get yourself in God's word. If you're, if you're saying, I am stuck in a place where I know what I should do, but I just don't seem to do it. We, we get a choice. It's not even about feeling. As I was sitting back there listening to Pastor Olga minister, God brought to my mind kind of like a quick glimpse of my life. 
And I forgot to give honor to this person that instilled that in me from very, very young. See, I was raised by a single mom who had big goals for me. And from very young, she did not let me quit. She didn't let me quit. Quitting was not an option. Giving up on things? Nope. Even if you're crawling, crying, doesn't matter, you're going to do it. And see, to grow, to be fit, to be strong, there are some things that we got to do. And I can tell you, I've been on my, this is my, gonna be my fourth year of health journey, right? You want, like my husband said earlier, you want different, you gotta do different. I'm sorry, I changed this message. But you want different, you gotta do different. So make up your mind right now. Make up your mind. Is this it? I'm not going to be foolish. I'm not going to be insane and go keep doing the same things and expect my life to change. I'm not going to go do the same things, neglect God's word and expect for me to be stronger in my faith. I can do the, the same things and try to listen to God when your life is filled with a lot of other voices like Pastor Olga was saying. Set aside everything else. Cling on to God. We're going to grow. You can't give up. It's not going to feel good to eat your fruits and vegetables, my children. It's not going to feel it. Okay, I'm going to be honest. They're not the tastiest. Fine. But they are the best thing for you. Sometimes you're going to find things in God's word that are going to challenge you. And they don't taste good because it calls you to get rid of that one thing. Mindset, hard thing, habit. But guess what? It doesn't taste good. It doesn't feel good, but it's the right thing to do. Okay. So it's your choice because guess what? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What kind of spiritual life do you want to have this year? You want to stay in the same old ways, baby's ways, the ways that we listen and read a minute ago, Pastor Olga touched on it. God loves you. And he treasures that stage, that baby stage. Because you learn to hear his voice. You learn to trust him. You are comforted. You are protected. You're nourished. You're cared for. 
He shows you how to give steps of faith little by little and you fall, but He lifts you right back up because He loves you and He cares about you. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't let you down. He is right there to pick you back up. And He holds your little hands again so that you learn to walk. But He's not going to do that for a 30-year-old. Okay? He wants us to grow. He wants us to grow as a people, as a church, because he's coming back. And the, the church that is described, I'm sorry, I'm going over my time. Um, way over my time. But the church that he's coming back is described in the book of Revelations as spotless, blameless, with no blemishes. And that's us. So we got to grow. We must grow. This is our year of growth individually, each one of us. Make up your mind right now. I am done with this habit. I am done with this curse. I don't want it anymore. I am done with the ways of my family. I am done with my past. I don't want it. I am done. I am growing. I am leaving all things behind and moving to what is ahead. I am done being the same way. This is our time. We're going to grow. This is our time. We're growing. Are you growing? I'm growing. How about you? We are growing this year. And not only each, but this is, this is the thing you got to know. You are part of the church growth. Because if you grow... If, we, if I grow, guess what? I influence. I am like a tree that grows up, bears much fruit, and that seed falls to the ground and bears another tree. And, and guess what? We are that tree planted by living waters. And your life is supposed to bear fruit, unto eternity a fruit it's just like okay take the apple take five seeds out of there plant them you get five more trees and guess what you are we are we are the effect of that growth so if you grow if you grow and mature the church grows because your life will bear fruit that will bring others to the knowledge to make the decision to follow Christ. We are supposed to grow. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray for every area that was preached and given to us today. Amen? If you don't mind putting it up. I remember message, but I don't want to chop it like I did my husband's. Anyway. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for this brand new year of life. You are challenging us, obviously, to grow. You are challenging us to leave the old ways behind. You are challenging us to be in communion, communication with you. You are challenging us to, to, to speak to you, to have communion with your word. We're, we're not just reading it. We're letting your word speak to us. 
to change us, to transform us, to make our hearts more like Jesus, to make our lives not like our lives, but like Jesus' life. Father God, I thank you that you are changing, challenging us to change our mindset. Thank you, Father, that you are renewing our minds as we have committed ourselves the beginning of this year to seek your word, to read it, to believe it, to be doers of it, Lord. You are challenging that our old mindset, our old way of thinking, our old way of doing things is done. You're challenging us to let go of those things, to say, I've tried it. It doesn't work. It doesn't bear the fruit that is pleasing to God. I'm done doing things the same way. Lord, I pray that you give each one of us the strength, the willingness, the will, the will to do things your way. Lord, I pray as Pastor Olga minister that we can grow in our spiritual maturity. God, we know that this body right here is going to die, it's going to go away. But our spiritual being, who we are, who you're making us, a new creation that you've given us, it's going to live on unto eternity and we must leave our old ways behind we must leave the the neglectful heart we must leave those things that we cling to that we say like Pastor Olga was saying that we say well it, it runs in my family well that's just me God, let the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you. Let the words that come out of, of our mouth be life. If I, I am challenged to grow in an area that I can say, I am growing in this area. I'm getting better. God is teaching me. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better student. I'm going to be the hard worker that God is challenging me to be. I'm going to be a good representative of Jesus Christ here in my common everyday job. Because there's people here that don't know him and need to know him. And I'm not going to preach Jesus. I'm going to show Jesus. I'm going to reveal Jesus. Some leaving child, baby things behind. It's not about how I feel. It's about what is right to do. Like Hebrews that we read today in Hebrews 5. Help us to be trained. Train, train. What is training? God, training is getting into that habit of doing what is right one day at a time 
one choice at a time. I pray that you equip my brothers and sisters with the strength and the power that they need to do the right thing at every moment. Help them not be overwhelmed with like how they're going to tackle every day and every task and everything, but let them just one step at a time do the right thing. Father God, I thank you for the privilege that we have to be your sons and your daughters, that we can say, my dad in heaven is growing me. I am alive and well, and I get to be his son. I get to be his daughter. And he's changing me. He's making me more like Jesus, and I count it an honor. I count it a privilege. Who am I? Who am I that I get to be called a daughter of the Most High? Of the Most High, the Creator of heaven and earth is my Father. We all have big shoes to fill. But we don't have to worry, God, because you said, with Christ, all things are possible. All things are possible for him who believes in him, who has the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, living inside. Each one of us has the Holy Spirit. So we have power, we have access, we have information, we have strength, we have peace, we have provision, we have the windows of heaven open to us so that we can live out the purpose and the calling that you have given us. We pray, God, that we can live your will every day, every moment. Let our ears be tuned to your voice and help us to do your will, Father. Help us to do your will, nothing else. Help us get out of the way of Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. Let those vo other voices be shut down because only your voice is important. Only your will is important. Only your mission is important. Only your purpose is important. And you're coming back for a perfect, spotless, blameless church. And I am that church. So whatever needs to come out, let it come out right now. Let it come out right now, God. Anything that is not pleasing to you, let it come out right now. That addiction, let it come out right now. I'm done. Let that, that habit, let it come out right now. Anything that is not of you. If you come right now, Lord, let me be spotless, blameless. And it's obviously because of your sacrifice, what you have done. But you're also refining us, purifying us, sanctifying us by your truth. Your word is your truth. So sanctify us today, Lord, and help us grow. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.